Hello, and welcome to Side Character Quest. This episode is going to be a little bit different from how things usually go. Um, with me today... It's Briar, again. Hello. It's been a while. It has been a while. Uh, you folks may recognize Briar from the Deirdre arcs, uh, and they will be helping today uh, just recap the show. And by they will be helping, I am basically mean that I'm going to be reading a script that I have written to them. This episode will basically cover the large swaths of plot that we have passed over. We'll also have some info about like the setting and whatever. Anything that you would need as a refresher. This is the Spark Notes, baby. This is the, the Spark Notes. <laughs> exactly. This is the Spark Notes version of the show. You can use this however you want. If you need a refresher of the show because you've listened to all this stuff, great. If you've been skipping around, but now you want to listen to a, an arc that comes later and you want to make sure that you're not missing any important information, this is for you too. Now, are, are we going to miss some of the fan favorite characters? Probably. Are you going to miss like all of the shipping opportunities <laughs> that, that are, were available in the past arcs? Probably you're not going to know how people relate to one another, but you'll know the important stuff to just be able to follow what is going on. The funny thing is, this is exactly what my podcast is for, but for comics. <laughs> yes, if you haven't listened to Capes and Japes, give it give it a give it a listen. It's a good show. I was listening to their uh, episode about uh, the Atom today. But that's neither here nor there. Let's go ahead and get into the show and let's start with just going over the setting. Sound good? Yes. Okay. And um just a quick reminder, Briar, if there's ever any time when you want to like interrupt me while I'm reading the script to like ask a question or to comment on something, feel free. Yeah. That is what you're here for. So, setting. Side character quest takes place in a land that is surrounded by a massive circular 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 Circlier. wall. Circular. Uh and when I'm talking massive, I mean like skyscraper tall. This is not like a 20-foot castle wall. This is insanely large. I've always imagined the Hoover Dam. That is a good... like, all the way. All the way. That is a pretty good idea. I've never been to the Hoover Dam, but I remember looking up stats at one point and being like, wow, that's a lot bigger than I thought. <laughs> that is what the wall is like. Tall. Very tall. No one knows where it came from, and in fact, no one knows basically any of this world's history prior to an event called The Loss, uh, capital L, that happened a few hundred years ago. So you've got arcane techniques, religion, government, all of it disappeared in basically one fell swoop. Since then, uh, things have been mostly okay. Um, there's a handful of notable exceptions, but generally the world is peaceful. Okay. <laughs> good good place good place to have a quest. Yeah, good place for a quest. And not really there's not a lot of <laughs> not a lot of danger going on. But that's why that's why this is about side characters. They aren't always going on those big epic journeys. But you have quest in your title, Ty. I do, I do. Side quest. It could have it could have been side character jaunt. <laughs> side character side, quest. Side character to-do list. Side character go to the go to the grocery <laughs> store. Um, as far as like the the general feel of the place, the climate, flora, fauna are all based 
roughly on what you might see in the southeastern region of the of North America. Um, so you're going to have lots of pine trees, lots of deer, that sort of stuff. Gopher tortoises, whatever. You have a couple of mountain ranges to the north, a river that cuts from east to west, a sea in the southwest, and plenty of plains, forests, and swamps. As for notable locations, um, the two most notable cities are going to be Cirque and Mount Rena, and they're joined together by the fact that both cities own a sending stone, which is the only method of instant communication in this world. Mount Rena is located in the largest of the two mountain ranges, and it is pri- primarily home to dwarves, but you'll occasionally see other peoples there. Uh, the other city, Cirque, is also known as the City on the Circle, named so because it was built adjacent to a prehistoric circular domed structure. Uh, not the wall, not the circular wall around everything, but something small. A, a different, different wall, wall that has a roof. <laughs> Walls come in many sizes. That's that's the most important. That's the lesson. That's the theme. The main theme of the show. That's why it's called Side. It's from the siding. Um, oh, yeah. oh, oh, yeah. Uh, Cirque is unlike Mount Rena. Cirque is a very diverse city, populated mostly but not exclusively by humans, goblins, halflings, and gnomes. Cirque is also home to Congress Monastery, an organization dedicated to discovering and worshiping gods that were forgotten during the loss, or so it claims. Some some players think that there is like some nefarious stuff going on, but I'll never tell. Never? I'll probably tell at some point. <laughs> uh, now that we've got the groundwork out of the way, let's get on to the plot of the show. I'm going to go from roughly chronological order through each of the arcs. Chronological in-universe or chronological airing? In-universe, roughly. Mm. Yes. Um, although they, they've generally been in the same order, not always, but but generally they've been in the same order. There's a few, few exceptions to that. Our adventures begin with Sir Roderick of Southbend uh, going to look for a child that went missing in the pines. Although he fails to return the child to her family, Sir Roderick discovers a secret underground civilization of undead, beings that behave human but are nothing but skeletons. Around the same time that Sir Roderick meets his fate, the magic-touched amnesiac named Silas finds herself in Flughaven. The lonely swamp town has just discovered a sending stone, which you may recall from the setting talk earlier, which is an opportunity that the local entrepreneur and artificer Goblin Godfrey intends to milk for all it's worth. Unfortunately for Silas and Godfrey, a strange beast lurks in the swamp, and when it attacks, Silas strikes a bargain that grants her and her friend Clara safe passage to Cirque, but leaves Flughaven to fend for itself. A month or so later, we meet Deirdre and Father Crayon, hunters of corrupted beasts who operate the cathedral at the crossroads in a vast barren waste. After Deirdre helps an old friend, we see that Deirdre's story has taken place outside the massive wall that contains the rest of the story's settings. Rest of the... That was a little awkwardly phrased, but you get the idea. It's outside. Around the same time, we meet Guildmaster Alton, a beloved locksmith working in Cirque by day and stealing magical trinkets by night. Hosalda, head of some sort of shady criminal organization, blackmails Alton into stealing something from Congress Monastery. 
When Alton does this, he accidentally discovers that the monastery has hidden an entrance into the, a massive underground city populated entirely by living skeletons. Alton hides his information from Hosalda, but then continues working for her for a few months as he plans his escape. Soon after this, we meet Lore of the Pine, a reclusive and curmudgeonly druid that has forsaken his home, Mount Rena, in favor of a life far to the south and far from pesky people. Unfortunately for Lore, his old friend Fish comes to visit, and uh, apparently strange weather patterns... Uh, <laughs> Apparently, uh, Briar just held up a uh, dice that they have, which has a goldfish in it. Apparently, strange weather patterns and even stranger corrupted beasts have been turning Mount Rena into a dangerous, deadly place, and Fish needs Lore's help to set things right. Eventually, Lore discovers that a spirit named the Bargainer has possessed someone and was using them to play with the druidic magic of Mount Rena, creating those corrupted beasts and warping the normal weather patterns of the mountains. Normal evil shit. Normal evil shit. Maybe there's more to it. Maybe yeah. there wasn't. You'll just have to wait and find out. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, it seems like pretty typical villain stuff. Speaking of general evil villain shit. Mm -hmm. There are strange things happening throughout the world. Glassmaster Quail discovers a hive of magical insects in some abandoned mines. Captain Larissa discovers a crew of skeletal pirates on Osaway Island in the, in the Salton Sea. And Billy Blue Tibbs has to track down the source of grisly murders in the Three Brothers Mountain Range. In response to all of this, and in response to the loss of his son, Sir Roderick, High Priest Lord Frederick of the Church of Lumen has called on his missionaries to establish footholds throughout the land. This is when we meet Brother Amar Pardama. By Lord Frederick's order, Brother Amar has traveled to St. Simone's Island, but this touristy beach town isn't exactly welcoming to the preacher. Until, that is... Amar discovers a small band of skeletal soldiers and mages. He prevents them performing some sort of dark ritual, uh, and after Amar reports this to Lord Frederick, the Church of Lumen isn't willing to take no for an answer, sending reinforcements to keep things safe. Not long after that, that our... <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Not long after that, our old friend Alton manages to break away from the control of Hosalda's shadowy network, and he flees south to St. Simone's. Alton sees firsthand the fallout of Amar's adventure on the island. The Church of Lumen has sent a couple dozen more Lumineers to police the town, and although they claim to be, just be there to help out, there's clearly a lot of tension between them and the local population. After a few friendly visits, Alton discovers that the mayor of St. Simone's, Winnie Chambers, has secretly captured one of the skeletons. Alton learns that these skeletons are th thinking, living beings that have been cursed into this strange undead state. Maureen, the skeletal captive, doesn't know how this happened, but she reveals that they have a ritual which they believe might fix it. Being the person he is, Alton agrees to help. Good. This does not go well. Dang it. Rather than reviving Maureen, the ritual mutates her into a strange, powerful monster. She gains control over the land and water around her, but she also seems to violently lose all sense of who she is. Forced to flee, Alton vows to find some way to help Maureen. Next! <laughs> After that, we come to an arc that I know Briar hasn't uh, <laughs> heard any of yet. 
Um, I'm pretty sure. Uh, we'll see. Not important. <laughs> After that, um, we meet Leslie. After honing her skills working for one of Cirque's privately owned libraries, she applies for a grant to start a public library of her own. Hosalda, uh. Uh, yes, that Hosalda, funds her proposal and sends Leslie to pick up a seed collection of books from a professor friend living just outside of Mount Renna. Leslie makes the journey there and has a violent run-in with a strange amnesiac woman going by the name of Tucker. Then she has a bit of a run-in with a necromancer operating out of Derma Lodge. See Lore's Ark. Tucker and Leslie put Durham in his place, and uh, after that, rather than leaving to start her library, Leslie decides to help Tucker find her way back home, back outside of the wall. <gasps> yeah. And speaking of back outside the wall, what's been happening with Deirdre? Who knows? After, <laughs> after Father Crayon falls ill, he sends Deirdre to get help from an old friend by the name of Sage Orion. She makes her way south across the soft grounds into Orion's fortress home, only to discover that this illusionist wizard has been trapping corrupted beasts and experimenting on them. Uh, these are the same corrupted beasts that Deirdre and Father Crayon have been devoting their life to destroying. Putting them out of their misery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Deirdre re realizes that Orion can't help Father Crayon, so she puts an end to his cruel deeds and returns home. I skipped some stuff. You can tell. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Skipped some spicy stuff. <laughs> some spicy stuff. And that, everyone, brings us to the most recent arc. Here is the story of H.D. Talbotton, which begins with him giving a very well-attended poetry reading in Cirque. It's very successful. He's very happy with how it goes. After that, he meets with the head of Congress Monastery, Father Pard, um, and Tal is tasked with traveling to Flukhaven uh, to find out what happened to the Sending Stone they found and discover why the whole town just sort of fell off the map. Tal travels down to Flukhaven alongside the mercenary Blue, only to discover that it has been overrun by monsters. Eventually, they track the Sending Stone to a fortress being held by animated skeletons who are using it for some sort of experiments. Whatever it is, it's bad. Tal learns a lot about their history, and at great cost to his team, Tal defeats both them and the beast that Silas had failed to stop all of those months ago. And that brings us to today. <gasps> And I don't have anything else written in my script because we've recapped everything. Woohoo! Right. I dropped one of my die earlier and I do kind of want to see what it rolled. Do it, do it. Was it a d20? Yeah. It's an 18! That's a pretty good roll. You did a pr we did a pretty good job here. It's a pretty good roll. That's a pretty good roll. Now I have two d20. Rad. Advantage. I got a five and a 12. That's not They can go away. Good. Yeah, they, Wait, they can it, go it, away. It only wanted to roll well on the floor, apparently. That's fair, I guess. All right. I, I think we've we've pretty much covered anything, everything. Do you think there's anything at this point that we that I didn't touch on? Or are there any, like, uh, obvious oversights that we should hit? Uh, not that I could tell, but it has been a while since I've listened to, honestly, any podcast. <laughs> yeah. That is perfectly fair, and that's 
who this recap is for. It's for people that haven't had a chance to listen in a while and want to get a reminder of what's going on. So, you're the perfect audience. Yeah. Because you're also the same as this audience that we're going to be making this for. Perfect. Okay, um... No reason to make this uh, make this go on any longer than it has already. already. Um, thank you for joining me today, Briar, and thank you, audience members, for uh, hopefully you enjoyed <laughs> hopefully you enjoyed this or at least found it useful. In a couple weeks, we are going to start up with another arc, and uh, until then, uh, how about we go ahead and pitter patter on out of here? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Briar already had stopped. All right, see you guys. <laughs>Thanks to the Joy Drops for the use of Not Drunk as our intro and outro music. Find them at thejoydrops.com. You can find us at sidecharacterquest.com, at SCQ Podcast on Twitter, or by email at sidecharacterquest at gmail.com. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content. Uh, there'll be like a little music playing and then bloopers. This, this is going to get cut and put in the bloopers. This is just going to all just be bloop stuff. Somebody laying on the horn outside. <laughs> Sounded oddly musical from this side. Yeah, <laughs> I have a I have what's it called? Um, Auto tune going for all of the horns oh, that are outside. The, the, the horns just go. <laughs> um, oh, wow. What musical auto horns you have. Uh, Auto-tune mobile. Mm. Mm. There's something there. There's something. <laughs>